I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Today on the show, we're going to look back a little bit at Arkansas's recruiting efforts so far, kind of break down the players that they have on board. We're also going to look ahead to the future a little bit about what might be coming, and we'll touch on some other headlines as well. Your questions and more on Hogsports Live. As always, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. And throw us a thumbs up if you like the video. Also available on YouTube. Subscribe to that channel. Hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. And share the content with others if you think they might like it. Also available on Apple Podcasts if you're enjoying the show. Please throw us a five-star review. If you really like it, say something nice about the show in your review as well. Also available anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Hogsports.com is just 30% off. Excuse me, it's 30% off this year um, for the first year or $1 for your first month if you want to sign up. And the good thing about the first month deal, if you sign up for the first month, when it's over, you're eligible for CBS All Access, which is commercial-free access to all of CBS's shows, movies, everything. Uh, it's a $99 annual value, so uh, that's that's worth the price right there. Okay. So before we jump into any recruiting stuff, we got to mention Heston Kerstad, second overall to the Baltimore Orioles last night in the in the MLB draft. Most people are thinking about you know top ten or something. A little bit surprised that he went number two overall, which is the second highest of any Razorback ever. It's completely different. Kerstad's told local media on Thursday during the Zoom meeting. The thirty-six round is just what is that? That's not what I was supposed to be reading. Let's see. Okay. I was actually with my parents, Kerstad said. Well, that's the 2017 draft. Okay. Never mind. I've got my I've got my quotes mixed up. But he's talking about being drafted in 2017, the 36 overall overall pick. But it's completely different, obviously, being drafted in the second. Being the second overall pick, that was something I dreamed about as a kid. It takes a lot of things to go right up to the end to end up in that spot. It's and it's surreal. It's really hard for me to explain all the emotions and everything, but they overtake you at that moment. It's definitely the greatest emotion I've ever had in my life. So congratulations to Heston Kerstad. Unfortunately, only played 16 games this year uh, because of the COVID-19 pandemic. I find this is good news. This is from Ross Bjork, the athletic director at Texas A&M. And he feels that Kyle Field on September 5th will be full of Aggie fans to capacity. Now, Hunter Juracek has said also in the past that that's the goal. That's what they're planning for. It doesn't mean that's going to happen, but that's the hope, the goal, the objective is to get full capacity for Razorback Stadium. Right now, Bjork said it'll be about 50%. Here's the quote. I love the way our governor is approaching this, a step-by-step approach. This is from uh, the Houston Chronicle. If it were today, if we, if we played today, it's 50% at Kyle. And we still have three months. I'm optimistic we can get to a point where we can have all kinds of the best 
preventative practices, and all kinds of risk mitigation that we're going to educate our fans. And we want as many fans there as possible. That's what we're planning for. So that's kind of similar to what Hunter Yurchek said. It's good to hear another SEC athletic director comment on that. Arkansas got a commitment, I think, since last time we spoke, and Raheem Sanders, Rocket Sanders, 6'2", 210 pounds. Let's bring up his little graphic here. 6'2", 210 pounds out of Rockledge, Florida. According to 24-7 Sports, he's a four-star recruit, the number 20 athlete prospect in the country. 396 overall on the 24-7 Sports composite, so he's just a shade under four-star status on the composite. Take a look real quick at a little bit of video of Sanders for those watching. This one play pretty much shows you about all you need to know. Need to know Auburn. Other offers include Auburn, Florida State, Kentucky, Louisville, Miami, Missouri, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia. West Virginia, pretty nice offer list for Raheem Sanders, Rocket Sanders. You can do a lot with 6-2-2-10. You can do a lot with 6-2-2-10. think he'll probably start out at wide receiver, but, I mean, this is a guy you could put on defense. I mean, the way he runs, he could even be a running back, but I could see him on defense, at linebacker, just an all-around really good athlete. Lucas Coley is deciding today, quarterback prospect, 6'1", 203 pounds out of San Antonio, Texas, Cornerstone Christian. He's a dual threat type of quarterback. Here's his picture. He is rated the number 28 dual threat quarterback prospect in the country on 24-7 sports. This is not a guy that's like super highly rated. He's got like 30 offers. Arkansas, Houston, Virginia Tech, Washington State, those are, the, those are the finalists. And then there's a host of other schools. Illinois offered, Colorado State, Hawaii, Louisville, Nevada, North Texas, UCF, USF, Utah State, Vanderbilt, Western Kentucky. I mean, it goes on and on. And he's also got Penn, Yale, a couple of Ivy Leaguers. So he's got a pretty extensive offer list. And Arkansas has already got a commitment in this class so far. Here's a couple of highlights here. Arkansas has already got a commitment in this class from Landon Rogers, 6'4", 215-pounder. The highlights you're watching are of Lucas Coley, though, who is, again, deciding at 6.30 tonight. Tonight's, what is today? Thursday. All the days run together during the pandemic. But Arkansas's already got a commitment also in, in Landon Rogers. The goal this whole time was to take two quarterbacks in this class. So Coley and Rogers would be a, a nice duo, especially following Malik Hornsby, who is extremely highly rated. Arkansas is in, I think, a lot better position quarterback-wise. Of course, I thought they were in a lot better position last year quarterback-wise, adding Ben Hicks and Nick Starkle. That was not the case. Probably should have just ended up keeping Ty Story on board. Probably should have done that since he did hammer the final nail in Chad Morris's coffin with the Western Kentucky game. But at Arkansas right now, you're looking at Felipe Franks, a guy who's got a lot of experience. In fact, I did write it down. If I can find the article, I meant to pull that up. 
but I did write it down about Felipe in his last seven games, what his performance has been. So, where are we at? All right. Well, maybe I can't find it. I'm not doing a very good job organizing my articles today. I need another format. So, these are, okay, he finished 7-0 and in his last seven games with notable wins over South Carolina, Florida State, Michigan, and Miami. His numbers through those seven games were 117 of 168 passing. That's 69.6%. 1,560 yards, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions. That's a 169.61 efficiency rating. That's higher than Brandon Allen's single-season record of 166.48. So that's his last seven games. Pretty pretty standout finish there. And really, I mean, the, he finished 7-0, and but Kyle Trask finished that game. They were actually down uh, when Kyle Trask came in the game and led him to three straight touchdown drives. The last one was like a 77-yard touchdown run, by uh, not by Trask, by the running back. So important to note that. But Trask, I mean, that's why he's here. Frank's dislocated his ankle after the third game, and Trask took over. Uh, they ended up going 11-2 and two that year. Trask led him to an 8-2 and two finish. All right. So I just kind of wanted to go over real quick the current commitments for Arkansas. You've got J.B. on Hunt on board a running back out of Carl Albert. Arkansas is also pursuing other running backs. I would expect them to sign another running back in this class. We've talked about A.J. Green. I'm not saying they'll get him, but there's a lot of crystal balls trending that way. Super explosive athlete uh, who would complement J.B. on Hunt really nicely, I think. But uh, J.B. on Hunt is committed and has been committed for some time now. He has also offers from Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas, Memphis, Minnesota, Texas Tech, Ole Miss, Nebraska, UCF, Virginia Tech, Washington State. So he has a nice notable offer list. This is a guy that's rated fairly well. He's just a shade under four-star status, like just a few spots. Ranked the number 25 running back prospect in the country, number five overall in Oklahoma, and number 385 prospect nationally. Mentioned Raheem Sanders a minute ago, 6'2", 210, athlete out of Rockledge, Florida. Most recent commitment to Arkansas. Terry Wells, I believe Terry was the first commitment. It's been a while now. But Terry Wells out of Wynn, Arkansas, 6'4", 306 pounds. This is another guy who is a four-star on 24-7 sports, actually ranked the number 247 overall prospect in the country, number one in Arkansas. On the composite, however, he is a three-star, a high three-star, 419 overall. Just a, a few spots, probably like usually about top 350 or so are four-star prospects. Top 32 or five stars, and then 350, four stars, so on and so forth. And a couple thousand three stars, like 1,500 three stars probably after that. So number 419 overall. I mean, he committed to Arkansas pretty early, so it's not like he just was raking in the offers like he probably would have, but still had Arkansas and Arkansas State, of course, Miami, it's another notable one. Missouri, 
Nebraska, TCU, Tennessee, all showing interest in him. But he would have definitely picked up a lot more offers. This is a guy that I think could probably be a left tackle for Arkansas one day. Keon Parker, another one out of Oklahoma, the number 10 ranked prospect in Oklahoma, number 467 nationally. I always think it's significant to get a top 500 type of guy. Uh, again, he's probably about 100 and well, about 117 spots away from being a four star. So he's pretty close to four star status. 5'11, 173. Keewan Parker, he keeps in touch with a lot of recruits. Good recruiter for Arkansas. So Kiwan is also had offers from Arkansas State, Baylor, Iowa State, Michigan State, Nebraska, Oregon. I'd say those at Temple. I would say those are the notable ones that he has. 5'11", 173 cornerback out of Booker T. Cole Carson. This is a guy with a lot of upside, I think. 6'5", 285. Probably a guard or a right tackle. Probably a guard or a right tackle. Number 539 overall prospect in the country. Number 47 offensive tackle. Number 74 overall in the state of Texas. This guy has plenty of room to add weight. I mean, he doesn't look 285. Arkansas, Arizona. These are his offers. Arkansas, Arizona, Auburn, Baylor, Colorado, Duke, Iowa State, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, TCU, Texas Tech, Utah, Vanderbilt, the notable ones. He's got others. Those are the biggest ones he's got. So that's a nice pickup, too. Marco Avan out of Jonesboro, 6'2 212. We'll give him 6'3, 212. Avan is a guy that probably could have benefited from having summer camps like the opening camps, underclassmen combines, all those types of things were canceled this year. Uh, so this is a guy, he went to one a year ago. He was actually 6'2", 189 pounds. So he's packed on a good bit of weight, 77-inch wingspan also uh, recorded from that. Would have liked to have seen him go to another one this year and, and see what kind of evaluation he could have gotten. At a much-needed position, outside linebacker, number 783 overall prospect in the country, number four in Arkansas. Avant is – Excuse me, Avant also has offers from Arkansas State, Houston, Kansas, Memphis, Tulane, Houston. Did I mention Houston? Mississippi State. Nope, Mississippi State showing interest. Ole Miss's interest, A&M's interest, TCU's interest. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Another guy who committed fairly early probably could have benefited a little bit from a little more exposure. But Marco Avant. Another linebacker, Jermaine Hamilton Jordan, 6'1", 195. Could also be a safety. In fact, probably being recruited to Arkansas to play safety. Maybe a nickelback type. Number 11 overall player in Missouri, 813 nationally. Again, 6'1", 195 out of Kansas City, Missouri, Lincoln College Prep. I like this kid a lot. Another one that I think is maybe a little bit undervalued. Also had Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Kentucky, Tulsa, Iowa, and some others. So, Jermaine Hamilton Jordan, Lincoln College Prep, Kansas City, Missouri. Jaden Wilson, we didn't talk a whole lot about Jaden Wilson after he committed, but he's another, you know, big-bodied, nice-looking wide receiver, a guy with a lot of upside, 6'3", 172, 848-ranked player nationally out of DeSoto, Texas. Jaden has offers from Cal, Colorado State, Yukon, Hawaii, Houston, Illinois, Kansas, Louisville, Missouri, Nebraska, Northwestern, Ole Miss, Oregon State, Southern Miss, UCLA, Utah. That's not the offer list of a guy who's ranked number 843 in the country, is it? You wouldn't think number eight, excuse me, 848. You wouldn't think 848 has that kind of an offer list. Landon Rogers, who we talked about a little bit ago. Who Landon, you talk about a guy who really would have benefited probably from some exposure at these camps. I mean, this kid kind of popped out of nowhere. But he's still number 26 dual threat quarterback in the country, number 951 overall. But would have liked to have seen this, you know, 6'4", 210-pound kid from 215-pound from Little Rock Parkview go to an opening or, or something like that, be able to showcase his abilities. Arkansas, Houston, Kansas. Again, not a not a super awesome offer list, but a guy that Arkansas really, really liked. And potentially, if they were able to get Lucas Coley in this class, then that would be two guys, two quarterbacks, and they'd be done recruiting quarterbacks in the class. So that's it. That's the, uh, the recruiting class. Now, flipping over to basketball real quick, Arkansas has – is going to welcome in 10 new faces now. 10 new faces after Justin Smith has committed from Indiana. Justin Smith, I mean, what he averaged, like 10 points, five rebounds. He is a, a real finisher. That's what jumps out about Justin Smith. This guy can finish. You see alley-oops getting thrown to him all the time. I mean, he can really throw it down. A guy that can defend. He's quick. He was a small forward coming out. But kind of a small forward, power forward type. Was really highly recruited coming out of out of high school. A four star prospect, number eighty, excuse me, number seventy eight nationally on the twenty four seven sports composite, eighty on twenty four seven sports. So he's at it. Let's take a quick clip. Just this is just a clip after a Michigan State game in, I believe this is March. So just a quick audio clip so Razorback fans can kind of see what they're getting out of. And how's it been for you in the last uh, six, seven days? Um, 
No, just trying to you know get better every day in practice. Um, really focusing on preparing um, in practice. Um, you know, really trying to you know take practice and put yourself in a game mindset at practice and really you know you know playing with your teammates and you know just really going out there and um, you know playing hard and playing for each other. Sounds like a good young man. He's going to add a lot, I think. So when you consider what Arkansas is bringing in, the 10 new faces, there's really three categories, right? So you've got some some older players you're losing and Adriel Bailey, Gene Talsilla. We don't know on Isaiah Joe. Losing Mason Jones, obviously. But that's pretty much it. So you've got the sit-one guys from last year, J.D. Note, 6'2", 185-pound guard, a guy that can shoot the basketball, Anxious to see what he can do because he's really kind of an unknown where you know for where he come from, and so is uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna nail this, Abiyami Iola, Abiyami Iola, so is Abiyami Iola because obviously he's he's just not very well known, but six nine two ten, supposed to be very athletic. Connor Vanover, obviously a little bit more known to Arkansas fans coming from the state of Arkansas, seven three two hundred thirty pounds. Vanover is going to provide a, an immediate impact just from what I saw in practice with him. Just, I mean, you'd see him knock down a three pointer, go on the other end, block a shot, go on the other end, you know, knock down another three pointer. I mean, he was impressive at times at practice. So anxious to see just, you know, with another year under his belt, what all he can provide. Arkansas is suddenly a big basketball team when you consider Abiola, uh, excuse me, Eola and, uh, Everybody else they have coming in. So you've got those three guys. Then you've got Justin Smith, who we just talked about, Vance Jackson, and Jalen Tate. So you've got three grad transfers joining. So all total in the transfer market, you've got six guys coming in. Three set ones and three immediately eligibles. Vance Jackson, Jimmy, uh, Justin Smith, and Jalen Tate. Jackson averaged 11.1 points and 5.3 rebounds last season. I think he's intriguing, a guy that can shoot it. And then Tate is just supposed to be just a straight lockdown defender. Then we flip to the high school ranks. And you've got Moses, excuse me, Moses Moody. K.K. Robinson, Jalen Williams, and Devontae Davis. So all these guys are really highly regarded. All of them are four-star prospects. Moses Moody is ranked at 6'6", 205 pounds, a guy that can really shoot the basketball also. On 24-7 sports, he's the number 39 prospect in the country, the number eight shooting guard. So number 39 nationally. On the composite, he's 44 nationally. K.K. Robinson, super quick point guard who can also shoot it. He is number 38 nationally. Yeah, number 38 nationally. So he's actually on 24-7 sports. He's a spot ahead of Moses Moody. When Moody's really gone until the last rankings released, Moody was wire to wire, the top prospect in Arkansas. And then you've also got uh, the composite, which has K.K. number 59 nationally. So two highly regarded guys. Jalen Williams, 6'9", 230-pounder. Going to bring some nice size. He's number 91 on 24-7 sports. And on the composite, it's actually higher. He's number 78 on the composite nationally. 
another four-star prospect. And then, of course, Devo Davis, Devontae. This guy's a physical freak. 6'4", 175-pound combo guard. He's number 107 nationally on the composite ranking. 107 nationally. Heck of a class coming in. Okay. I want to go ahead and get to your questions now. Just wanted to kind of – we needed a, a rehash. We haven't, like, gone over the recruiting class in a little bit. So, just do a little rehash where things are, where things may be going. Again, watch out for Lucas Coley tonight making his decision. And Arkansas is in his top four there. Keith Grayson says he's eating at rights and then heading to my house. <laughs> I'm afraid to let Keith know where I live. <laughs> Pat Graham Frick says, hello, D'Lo. Jacob Botwinick says, do you think the Hogs win the championship in basketball next year? I don't know about that, but I think that they're going to be better. I've said before with this last team, and I hated the way it ended because I thought that they had a shot, you know, win a couple more games probably in the SEC tournament and, and have a really good shot at being in the dance. But I think they definitely would have been had Joe not gotten hurt. But that was probably one of my favorite teams in a long time. It really was. Uh, just Mason Jones and his backstory. I mean, how many times have we heard Mason Jones is overweight? I'm sure he got tired of hearing that. But uh, with his backstory, and, you know, he's a guy that came off the bench the year before under Anderson and, you know, just a multiple 40-point games, multiple, multiple 30-point games, just an outstanding year for Mason Jones. I hope he finds a home and makes a lot of money next year and eventually maybe gets to the NBA. I don't think it'll be this year, but eventually maybe. Anyway, I think that was probably his worst team that we'll see at Arkansas. As fun as that team was to watch, that was the worst team that Eric Musselman's going to have at Arkansas. I really feel that way, at least for a long, long time. Just from, you know, his savvy, his knowledge of the transfer portal and how to maneuver that, you can really fill holes quickly. So, and we've also seen, you know, he gets it done in recruiting. <clears throat> 2022 class should provide a nice boost also when this group that's just coming in gets a little bit older. Championship, probably not. Making the dance, yeah. Making some noise in the dance, I could absolutely see that happening. It all depends on, you know, what kind of matchups you get. But this team, in my opinion, is going to the NCAA tournament next year. Justin Eric Cunningham says, what type of offense is Browse shooting for? Should we expect more RPOs, gunslinging, run first, or a fine mix? So I've asked him, like, what do you call your offense? And he says, I like to call it productive. <laughs> I always thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, but you're going to see you're going to see them get the ball out very quickly. Um and hopefully get back to a point where they're not giving up a whole lot of sacks and maybe mitigate some problems with up front with the offensive line. You're going to see a lot of, uh, of routes where they know where they're going with the ball before the ball is snapped, okay? Um, you're going to see a lot of one-on-one -on -one type of stuff, like 
they're going to spread the wide receivers out about as far as they possibly can. You can go look at some Baylor offense, and I was watching actually some of it yesterday. As far as tempo goes, it is rare that you're going to see more than 20 seconds left on the play clock. It's rare that you'll see that, and sometimes you'll see them get a playoff 15 seconds. You know, uh, sometimes faster. I saw a play, they had a short passing play, and they were up to the line and snapped the ball 10 seconds after the play was completed, the last play. So they can go very fast. They're going to run the ball a lot if it, if it suits them. Uh, they're going to run the quarterback if that suits them. I mean, if, they're, if it's a situation where the quarterback runs really well, then they're going to run him, but not too much. This is from, uh, this is from yesterday from Out of Bounds with, uh, with Browse. He was just saying that they don't, they, they're going to be opportunistic when they run the quarterback. They're not going to, like, do it a whole lot because they don't want to get them beat up, but they're going to be certain downs and distances where it's required or they're going to pick their, their, their shots, um, you know, here and there when, when it's a good time to run him. But, yeah, you are going to see RPO. You're going to see them, you know, a lot of people look at it and, like, are they going to throw the ball just a ton? But they're also going to run it a lot. This is a team, uh, past offenses under Browse were usually when they were like at their best, they're running for more yardage than they're passing for. They're still like top 25 in passing, but they're like, you know, top five in running, like running for 300 yards or something a game. So, and again, that's in the Big 12. Remains to be seen what you can do in the SEC like that, but they definitely put up some points and put up some yardage and definitely run the ball. So I would say it's fair to say there's a mix. I mean, maybe a little bit more run heavy. 50% of fans would be a good crowd compared to the last couple of years. I'm sure it will change soon, Wu Pig Sui, Tony Ball said. Yeah, you might. I think, I think like for the Nevada game this year with the new coaching staff and everything, I think fans will be anxious to see some change and maybe will come. There may be – you may have the – I mean, we're three months away, so you may still see – some fans hesitant that maybe normally would have come, maybe an older generation of fans that maybe don't come to the game uh, because of, you know, the fears of coronavirus. But, I mean, if you're Arkansas and it's – if Chad Morse was here, you almost would just say, yeah, just half the fans can come in. <clears throat> you, all, you all can come in, but it's only going to be half the fans anyway. But I do think that if people feel better about the situation uh, with COVID-19 – that you will see a lot of fans in the stadium. Micah Cormier says, Kerstad draft position is awesome. As you can see from my profile pic, I'm glad my kids got to watch him play. Great guy, always takes time for pictures and autographs. We pick Suey, by the way, we call him Babyface. <laughs> Patricia Lumford says Woo Pig Suey. Donna Clem Rector says Woo Pig Suey. Timothy David Long says Franks will surprise some pokes from some. <laughs> Maybe you'll surprise some pokes, surprise some folks this year. Robbie Murray says, Woo Pig Suey. Jacob, Jacob Botwinick says, Do you think if they kept Ty Story, Chad Morris will still be here? I don't know about that. I kind of think the, the team just kind of just didn't care for him and just let him go. I mean, didn't fight for him. I do think it is interesting how – you notice how, like, everything – and I've said this before, but everything, like, they tried just backfired on him. You know, like – the club dub stuff was just stupid. I mean, terrible. It was just so lame. And I don't know if they thought that was going to be cool or what, but it was super lame. Um, you know, they tried that fake punt against Auburn that, 
you know, was just one more thing to pile on top of the stock, the laughing stock that is Arkansas or has been Arkansas. You know, just there's so many things like that. And then at the end of it all, Ty Story, the quarterback you ran off, and I thought that they probably needed to make a change at quarterback too. I mean, I think most of us did. But, man, that was just – I mean, you couldn't have written that better that Ty Story came back and finished the job on Chad Morris. But had they kept Ty, maybe maybe they pull out that Kentucky game on the road. Maybe they beat Texas A&M. I mean, there were some games like people forget, people act like Arkansas is just getting hammered and that's how the season ended. But they were, there was, you know, early on when they were kind of thinking, maybe, maybe we could do this, you know, before they just let go of the rope. Early on, there were some games that they had a chance at. I mean, they were – driving to win the game against Texas A&M. Could have beaten Kentucky. Maybe they, maybe if they had a little bit better play at quarterback. I mean, not that Ty Story was just setting it on fire, but Isaac Riley says, Trey, and again, I mean, you know, we're talking about in quarterback, like I mentioned like Felipe Franks' last seven games and stuff. And, you know, I know people, like, have a sour taste in their mouth off of transfer quarterbacks just based on what's happened at Arkansas lately. But three of the last Heisman Trophy winners have been transfers. All three finalists last year were grad transfers. I'm not saying that Felipe Franks is going to win the Heisman at Arkansas, but if he can be average at quarterback, Arkansas will win some games this year. If he can be average, that's all you're asking. You're not asking for anything too special, just average. Isaac Riley says, Trey – have the shows when I'm not at work, LOL. I'm missing the show. <laughs> Sorry, man. We usually do them on Monday and Thursdays. Do you think, Luke Phillips says, do you think that if Franks doesn't play so hot the first few games that he gets pulled or will they stick with him the whole season? First few games, it's possible that they pull him. I mean, just based on – think about what we've seen the last couple of years. Out of the first camp they named Cole Kelly – the starting quarterback, and then Ty Story took over. So they spent the whole camp, the whole camp, who's going to be our starting quarterback? Breaking everything down, analyzing everything, and then they named the wrong guy. They named Cole Kelly. Ty Story should have been the starting quarterback. The next year, fast forward, spend the whole camp analyzing everything, going over film, studying. Ben Hicks is your starting quarterback. I mean, there wasn't really a good answer, but I thought that Nick Storkel actually came out and played pretty well in his first real action in the Ole Miss game. And he didn't know what to do. There were so many instances where, you know, they had that trick play to C.J. O'Grady that probably would have been a touchdown thrown from Traylon Burks that, you know, he messed up on that. So he didn't really know everything he was supposed to be doing. But the more he found out about what he was supposed to be doing, the worse he got the more comfortable that Nick Starkle got in Arkansas's offense, the worse he got in it. That's strange. Still, I don't know if Ben Hicks should have been the starter out of the gate. I think it's interesting how you look at that. You know, I mean, there are other instances where, you know, we've gone through all of camp and named Robert Johnson the starting quarterback, right? That's back in 2006, and Mitch Mustaine ends up taking over. That's when Casey Dick was hurt. So there are instances like that. 
Um, just because you earn the starting job out of camp, which I do firmly believe that Franks will do that just based on his experience, doesn't mean that you remain the starting quarterback. I think it would probably be better for Arkansas if he does remain the starting quarterback. I mean, if they have to go to somebody else, and that means things probably aren't going very well. The next guy up would be K.J. Jefferson, who I still think will play, possibly have some packages and stuff for him. Kind of going back to that thing we said about, you know, you don't want to get your quarterback banged up, your starting guy banged up, and maybe there's some grave digger type of packages or something for K.J. And then I think, you know, Malik Hornsby, this guy that's got real, real speed. So... Luke Phillips says, do you think that if Franks doesn't play so hot the first few games? I just read it. Greg Compton says, what would it what would it have mattered if Ty Story stayed at Arkansas? Chad Morris couldn't do anything with any quarterback he had on campus. He never made any of them better. They did, however, get better after they left. You're probably right, Greg. Lamar Hawkins says, what's the quarterback depth chart? I just kind of went over that, I guess. Felipe, KJ, Malik Hornsby. John Stephen Jones is in there, too. I just don't know that he's competing for the starting job. Lance Taylor says – and Jack Lindsay. i got to mention Jack Lindsay's in there, too. What about uh, plans for the Rockets, says Lance Taylor? I think probably start out at wide receiver. But, again, you can do a lot with 6'2", 210, and speed. Luke Phillips says, any news on how the workouts have been going this week? Not any updates yet. We know they're starting bright and early. They've got about three – shifts I guess going in there there hasn't been any work on whether or not they'll have availability of fields to work on and throw on but I mean if they can't then I mean they can find their own grass somewhere they can go to a park they can go to Gully Park if they wanted to (laughs) I mean I believe yeah you can go to Gully Park I don't think you can play on the playground equipment but you can go to the park so they go to Wilson Park maybe they wanted something more secluded somebody's got a big backyard that they could use Josh Allen, John Allen says, I'm working in DeSoto right now. Good deal. Justin Eric Cunningham says, I guess LinkedIn, a relative of his. Lamar Hawkins says he can play. Mark, Mark Pruitt says, Trey, what are your thoughts about Joe coming back? I think probably not, but I don't know. I mean, it's such a weird year. I can understand wanting to go to the combine and showcase what you can do before you call it, but it's running right up to the start of school. I mean, we're talking like August 3rd, probably no later than August 3rd. I mean, that's a month out. That's not even a month out from school. That's just a few weeks. I think school starts like August 17th or something. Mitdu Cunningham says, we finally got depth and height. Yes, they do. Lamar Hawkins says, we're definitely a tournament team. I think so. Cunningham says, no doubt we almost went last year and was supposed to be one of the worst teams in the SEC. Lamar Hawkins says, yeah, those injuries hurt late in the season uh, with, uh, with Joe. Tyler Tober says, has your starting lineup for basketball changed since picking up Justin Smith? Is it likely some of the incoming freshman redshirt? I think Justin Smith will start for him. I think he'll probably start over Vance Jackson, if I had to guess right now. So that's probably the only change that I would make. I think Moody will start. I think KK will probably be the top backup for the guards. That's how I'd probably see it playing out. 
Joshua Shiver says, Trey, if Isaiah Joe doesn't come back, who will be the starting five and who will be leading the score the leading scorer on this team? All right, let's look at it. Let's look at it real quick. So uh, it's 2021. There are no commits for 2021. 2020. All right, so point guard, I think probably Jalen Tate. Two guard, I think probably Moses Moody. And then who? Maybe Vance Jackson. I mean, he, he could be the three. You could have Justin Smith as the four. And then you could have Connor Vanover as a five. Maybe I would go with that. Make sure I'm not leaving somebody out. I'll go with that. I'll go with that five. I mean, Desi Seals could fit in there somewhere possibly. I like that five, though. So we'll go with the three grad transfers. We'll go with Jalen Tate at point. Moses Moody at, at guard, at shooting guard, Vance Jackson at the three, Justin Smith at the four, and Connor Vanover at the five. How's that sound? That sounds like a tall bunch. So you're going six six, Moody six five six six, Tate six six, Vance Jackson six nine, Justin Smith six seven, Connor Vanover six three or seven three. Sounds pretty good. Lamar Hawkins says, if Joe comes back, it's going to be a great season. Yes, it will be. Now, if I'm including Joe in this mix, if I'm including Joe, then I think I would probably I would probably say Joe or Moody at the two or the three, and then I think I would have Justin Smith ahead of Vance Jackson in the lineup in that case. Smith brings a little more athleticism. And then Vance Jackson probably be your top guy off the bench in that case. So that if if Joe comes back, Joe comes back to be pretty nasty. I think it's going to be pretty good anyway. Lamar Hawkins says Mason was the man. Yeah, Mason Jones was really fun, really fun to cover too. Jerry Redwine said, I hear it's called the veer and shoot offense. That's pretty much how uh, Art Browse referred to the offense, or people covering him referred to his offense as the veer and shoot. Lamar Hawkins says, I can't wait for us to get back right in football. It's been rough on me. It's been eight hard years. It is interesting to me how people paint Arkansas as a dead-end job or a place that it's going to take a decade to rebuild and all this stuff. And I, I, I just I don't see that. It's been eight tough years. Before that, 2006, 10 wins. 2007, eight wins. Probably should have won more in 2007 because Houston not left. You know, maybe they would have won the bowl game. Um, they kind of obviously let go there. But – so 2006, 10 wins. And then fast forward just four years to 2010, and they won 10. 2011, they won 11. And then Bobby Petrino, Petrino fell off his motorcycle in 2012. And then I look ahead to 2000. And I mean, if you look really, if you want to look at 
2014, there were a few games that they probably should have won. You can, you know, Texas A&M, uh, Mississippi State, Alabama. They lost by a point to Alabama. That team literally, I mean, if the cards just fell perfectly right, I mean, that would have been 11 wins. So maybe you back it up and say, yeah, they win one of those. I mean, they could have won or two. I mean, they could have won 10 games that year. They could, definitely could have the next year and should have the next year. They lost to Toledo, and they lost to Mississippi State on a last-second blocked field goal, or that's a 10-win team. And in that case, you drop down in 2017, and I think fans are probably more likely to say things like, well, Bielema did lose Austin Allen in the South Carolina game, so we'll let him slide this year, 2017. And then maybe he'd have been back in 2018. Jeff Long gets fired. Beal is still there. You don't have the chaos of everything with the coaching change and an AD change all at once where you have this group hiring Chad Morris. Maybe things would have been different. Who knows? Justin Eric Cunningham says, awesome insight. Thanks, Trey. Appreciate you, Justin. Jason Botwinick says, what, what was your least favorite moment in a press conference with Chad Morris? Um, there was a time when I asked him, I asked him a question about injuries or something, and his response was very pointed, and he kind of acted like I was laying, I was presenting a softball for him to say, that's an excuse. We're not making excuses. And I just got frustrated. I remember getting, I think I threw my arms up in the actual press conference. But that was probably one. There were so many times where, you know, it wasn't just questions with me, but other reporters would ask a question. And it's almost like it was a game. I don't know if he thought, I don't know what he thought he was doing, but I just thought he came off really bad looking on camera. I think he mistook that he was talking to me or the other media people and not talking to the camera. Because right now, I mean, you and I are talking, right? I'm having a conversation with you. And if you're asking me a question and I'm dodging it over and over and over again, then that doesn't necessarily like frustrate the reporter so much as everyone out there watching, wanting the answers, right? the thousands and thousands of people that are watching the video. So that's something I don't think that he ever quite got. You know, that is one thing I'll say about Bielema is he was always, always, you know, if he wasn't always honest, he was, he was always saying things that you could use that were, you know, at least entertaining. You know, Petrino was always very, that's a, a mistake that people make. I think they thought that Chad Morris would be super media friendly. He was the least media friendly coach, I think. And that's part of it's the the times that we live in. But, um, you know, just in his interaction, the way he'd answer questions and things like that, definitely not very media friendly. Um, but Petrino, I mean, people can say what they want about the guy, but if it was a 12 o'clock press conference, he walked in the door every single time at 1159 on the nose. There have been other coaches that have been pretty close, pretty punctual. John Pelfrey was the worst. He would show up 30 minutes late, an hour late, just no respect for anybody else's time. I just – you talk about getting frustrated 
John Pelfrey just being like, I don't have better things to do than sit here and wait on you all day long. Because, I mean, one day the guy came in unshaven. I mean, it's okay for me to be unshaven, but Pelfrey's the head coach of the University of Arkansas. He's got a press conference. Unshaven, an hour late, just totally spaced that he had a press conference. I've never seen another coach forget that he has a press conference. So that was very frustrating for that reason. Morris was frustrating just because he wouldn't answer any questions whatsoever. We had no idea what's really going on inside the program. And that's not good for you. That's not good for the fans. I'm getting a call from Chicago, Illinois. I'm not going to pick that one up. Rusty Hollister. Hostetler says, how soon will we know if Sam Pittman will be able to bring this team back to relevance? I think we probably know after the first few games if things just look like a disaster or not. I don't think that they will. I think that Arkansas has better talent than people are giving them credit for. It's not not talent that's going to maybe take them to a bowl game, but certainly not talent that should see them getting their butts kicked against Western Kentucky in their own backyard or against – San Jose State, or against North Texas, or even on the road to Colorado State. Just getting hammered, owned by Western Kentucky. There's not a single player on Western Kentucky's team who would have turned down a scholarship to the University of Arkansas to go to Western Kentucky. Not one. And they come in here and just hammer you. There's a lot more going on than just players in that regard. Again, this is a team that competed well on the road against Ole Miss. Maybe if Nick Starkle had been there earlier and knew a little bit more of the offense. Of course, again, a point two. The more he knew about the offense, the worse he got. But Texas A&M, they also showed some fight in that game. Had a chance to win. Kentucky, they kind of let that game slip away on them. Chase Hogan Jones says, I feel like from what I've heard, we're we're ahead of the curve in football recruiting. I think so. I mean, it's not like they're just setting it on fire just with, you know, I think they're like 42-ranked class in the country. I think 24-7 has them a little higher, maybe in the 30s. But I do think that you're missing out a little bit on, you know, being in Fayetteville, coming in for a visit, meeting with these coaches. Uh, I think recruits are sticking a little bit more to what they know for the most part, what they're more familiar with. And Arkansas needs Arkansas needs recruits to take a chance on coming to visit and getting to know because they have to recruit farther away. So, But, yeah, I mean, you're probably right. I mean, there are some other guys on the board here. Uh, we mentioned Lucas Coley. Uh, we've talked about possibly A.J. Green. Um, there's a few other guys that have some recent crystal ball picks into Arkansas. They certainly got Raheem Sander, who's um, a very good prospect just, le- just recently. So – probably doing a little better than you would expect given the circumstances, being a new staff and everything, and coming off of back-to-back two-win seasons and not having the opportunity to have face-to-face conversations, show all the facilities and everything that Arkansas has. Justin Carter says, coaches have to fight for their players and the players have to fight for their coaches. Absolutely right. If you don't, if the coach doesn't fight for his players, it's over before it starts. If the, co- if the players don't feel like the coach has, his back, has their back, if the players don't feel like the coach is invested in their future, then it just crumbles. And 
some of that stuff worked in recruiting for Arkansas. Hey, come in and play, you know, new Arkansas, all that stuff. Don't think for a second that that didn't put a bad taste in the mouth of the current players returning. And I'll tell you something, a lot of people were saying, like, before Morris came in, you know, like, this is going to be like 98. He's a Houston Nutt type of guy. Houston Nutt never mentioned the word rebuild. He never said. I'll, you know, speaking of frustrating, like, one of the things that Chad said in his last press conference, the Western Kentucky game, was this was not an overnight rebuild. This was not an overnight job. And I'm just thinking, we're approaching the end of two years here. <laughs> this is not overnight. This is after two years. But Houston Nutt never said any of that stuff. They just jumped right in it. The players loved him for it. They went 8-0. Should have went 9-0. Donnell Williams says, will K.J. Jefferson stay after this season? I think I, don't, I think that's way early. To, I mean, so K.J., if he doesn't win the starting job in camp, he's just a redshirt freshman, which means – and what most parents have told me and recruits have told me is, you know, they would like the opportunity to be a three-year starter at least wherever they go. And that's how it would play out for K.J. if um, – of course, there is the possibility that Felipe Franks could get a six-year of eligibility. He fits all the requirements to get a six-year of eligibility under the new – it used to be harder, but now it's, it's easier, but – um, he fits all the requirements. Not a six-year. I don't know if he would – I don't think he redshirted his first year. Maybe he did. I can't – I'm kind of spacing on that. But regardless, under the new redshirt rule, even if he did, under the new redshirt rule, he qualifies. He qualifies under both rules. And in my opinion, just got to apply for it. So he could possibly have two years at Arkansas. I don't know. Maybe that throws a wrench into things without quarterbacks view their opportunities. Luke Phillips says, are Levi and Bumper set in stone starters at linebacker? I don't think so. I think Bumper is, definitely. I think Bumper gets 100 tackles this year. He gets all SEC because of the name recognition, Bumper Pool. Uh, but I think Grant Morgan's probably your other starter there. And we'll see on Levi. I mean, I haven't seen him in person, so I don't know. But we'll see. I mean, Hayden Henry also in the mix. Lamar Hawkins says, yep, we fought for a few games. Yes, they did. Steve Welton says, I already like this staff better than the previous, more SEC experience, a ton more SEC experience. I mean, we've talked about who hired a better offensive and coordinator, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator combo in the country this year? Who hired a better offensive and defensive com, uh, coordinator combo? Nobody. Arkansas did. And then, you know, you get two experienced SEC coaches and Derek LeBlanc and Brad Davis – on your offensive line, your defensive line, probably the two most important areas after your coordinators. I mean, that's how you get a staff together. You got some young recruiters, Sam Carter, Jimmy Smith, maybe some guys you took a little bit of a chance on, but those guys can really recruit, and I think we're going to see that really pay off for them. So, and you kind of took a shot with Ryan Rhodes, I mean, out of, out of uh, junior college, which, I mean, he's got a lot of connections in the junior college ranks. I've said before – Arkansas, if they're going to tap into their potential and tap into where the talent is, Kansas junior colleges are right next door. Mississippi junior colleges are right next door. I mean, you may not like having to go after junior college players, but that's what's next door. And a lot of times you can get those guys and they have three years to play, and that's almost as good. So some connections there with Ryan Rhodes and – uh, keeping Justin Smith, I think, out of all the guys on the last staff, you know, Justin Smith, Barry Lunny Jr., 
um, Jeff Trailer. Those are the guys that were the really strong recruiters. I felt so. Keeping just uh, uh, Justin Step on board, I think, is a uh, is a smart move by Sam Pittman. And then, of course, um, oh, did I cover everybody? The running uh, the 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 tight ends coach. Oh my gosh, I'm spacing on his name. That never happens. Anyway, another young coach at at uh, there, and then of course, um, well, that's everybody, isn't it? Oh, special teams coach. He also uh, the special teams coach they got from Georgia. Um, oh my gosh. You know the problem is here. I've gone 55 minutes, and this is a 40 minute show. <laughs> so, and I've just been talking straight the whole time. So uh, I'm forgetting a little bit. Well, Boyd rushed for 1,500 yards this season. If he stays healthy, I think that's absolutely possible for Boyd to rush for 1,500 yards. You consider last year he didn't have a lot of carries. I think he averaged less than 15 carries a game maybe, but still ran for over 1,100 yards, 6.2 yards a carry. I mean, you go back and think about Darren McFadden running for like 325 times in a season and Madre Hill 307 times. I mean, if Boyd runs for 280 or something – then, yeah, I think that's definitely possible. He was the only guy last year who could run behind that offensive line, too. Scott Ashcraft says with uh, Coach Pittman, LG, O-lineman, and up-tempo paces could be ideal as opposed to the smaller, faster O-lineman. Got to have size in the SEC. Morris just couldn't see that. We got pushed around and wore down at a quicker rate. Absolutely got pushed around. The more comfortable Starkle got with Morris' offense, the worse he got. <laughs> yep. Matthew Lowe says, who do you think is the starting five up front? Uh, I think left tackle, you're going to see Myron Cunningham, left guard probably Luke Jones, center Ty Clary. And if Ty Clary isn't getting the snaps back fast enough, then maybe you see him move to guard, maybe Luke Jones moves. Um, You could also see at guard maybe Bo Lemmer at guard or center. Uh, Marcus Henderson eventually could move on. We've seen Sam Pittman start young freshman before. Right guard, Ricky Stromberg. Right tackle, Noah Gatlin. Swing tackle. Actually, Noah Gatlin probably move, would move to left tackle if there was an issue where he needed to move that way. But uh, the next right tackle up, I think, would probably be Dalton Wagner. I think Gatlin will beat him out. And Gatlin will uh, 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 Wagner will provide some good depth. We pick Suey from Apple Valley, California, says NP Rich. Jerry Redwine says, I have a feeling Sam Pittman could be coach of the year. This year, if our offensive line is much improved, Dalton Adams says, anyone know anything about Stromberg? Is he weighing more than 250? He's well over 300 now. Brian Chandler says he played about 276 by midseason last year. Started off around 260-something. Brian Chandler says, Trey, the Hogs going to be staying the Darren McFadden era uniforms. I believe so. I don't think Sam Pittman has any say in the uniform selection. I think usually the new coach – comes in too late after selections have been done. But last year's were technically an alternate jersey. They just use them for all the home games. And then this year they'll get new uniforms. So I would expect them to add the white McFadden-style jerseys and go with those throughout the year. And then I don't know if there will be an alternate jersey this year. I don't know how that will work out. Jeremy Redwine said, I heard he's 298 now. He's over 298. He's past 300. Donnell Williams says, who will be the starting safeties? That's a good question. I think that probably Joe Fouché comes back. He's had shoulder – I believe that's shoulder surgery. And then um, possibly Jalen Catalan, Miles Mason. It could depend on where they're putting different safeties. But one of those two guys. 
Jerry Jacobs is going to play cornerback, by the way. All right, let me see. Do I think we'll have more access to the football team under Pittman than Morris? I think we will have access that will be a little bit different. I'm hoping it's just not like the first 20 minutes. I mean, it was pretty rare that we got to see him line up and team and things like that. So I'm hoping that we get a little bit more access. I think maybe in the spring we would have gotten more access, but it's hard to say during the season. What hog will have the greatest chance to be drafted in the NFL next season? Mm, Boyd. Definitely Rakeem Boyd. Daryl Henry says, do you think we get Keytron Jackson? I'm not ready to call that they'll get it, but I think there's a good chance that they get him. I mean, he's got a top seven right now, but I think Arkansas or TCU is where he ends up. Mark Douglas says, being able to stop fourth down attempts would be a start. How many fourth downs in the road to Western Kentucky succeed at every time? Yeah, Arkansas, not a very good defense. Lamar Hawkins says, Houston O is the man. Chase Hogan Jones says, I like having a specific special teams coach. Yep. And Sam Pittman said, you, you've got to have a you got to have a specific special teams coach. Daniel Bradshaw Sr. says, how many wins do you think we will get if we have the full football season? I'm going to start at five. I'm going to start at five, and then I'll go from there. But I haven't seen him practice. I haven't seen Felipe Franks throw a football live either. Neither has Kendall Browse. So I'm going to start at five just because I think there is better talent on this team. I think you win three of the four non-conference, lose the Notre Dame game, and then there's the four games that ESPN FBI gives Arkansas a 40 45% chance of winning in the SEC. So if they can split those, they're due for a little luck, right? If anybody's due to be lucky, it's Arkansas. So then you're talking about five games. They shock somebody. They get to a bowl game, maybe. But let's start with five. Let's see some practices. Let's make a determination from there. Matthew Lowe says, I hope we get Devon Manuel. Dude is massive. Yeah, 6'8", 300. I think Danny just put in a crystal ball pick for him. Jakey Botwinick says, is it jealous to hope Opitz and Martin don't get drafted? Maybe a little. Jerry Redwine says they get Stromberg on that sumo diet. <laughs> they got to get Stromberg on that sumo diet. Well, we got to make sure it's healthy, right? I want to remind everybody, of course, there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. If you haven't followed the page, go ahead and follow it now. We're almost at 80,000 followers. I'd love to get there before football season starts. So follow the page if you haven't done so and interact with the video. Throw us a like if you like the content. Also, on YouTube, we upload there right after, and what do we? I think we're almost at 7,000 subscribers on YouTube. Most of the people who watch the videos aren't even subscribed, as crazy as that is. So if you like the content, if you're used to watching on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload a new video, and throw us a thumbs up if you like that content as well. Share it. Share it with somebody you think might like it, and that's definitely a good way to help get our message out. And all this likes, thumbs ups, comments, all that stuff helps us boost our channel when people start searching for Arkansas Razorback content. We pop up higher when people do that. Also available on Apple Podcast. Throw us a five-star review and say something nice if you like the content, please. Available anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. All right, everybody. We went. This was the longest show I think we've ever done. I was I was thinking I was coming in. I was like, oh, this will probably be a short little show. But we had a lot of interaction from you guys <clears throat> in the feedback, and I appreciate that. But we've gone um, over an hour. So... I want to thank all of you for joining us. We're going to be back with you guys on Monday. 
Sign up for hogsports.com at 30% off your first year or a dollar for your first month. It's a good time to sign up. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.